Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Labour intends to purge MPs who oppose Israel's mass slaughter of Gaza and who are left-wing. Now, by left-wing, just so we're clear, I mean MPs who support things like public ownership of our utilities, taxing the rich in big business to invest in our crumbling public services, scrapping student tuition fees, the rights of migrants, the sort of things which actually a man called Keir Starmer made uh, the key pledges of his leadership election back in 2020. In the Kafkaesque world of today's Labour Party, supporting the very policies which Keir Starmer promised, he called them pledges, in the leadership election and therefore form his mandate means you now face being purged from the political party he leads. Now, many left-wing MPs have already been purged, including Jeremy Corbyn, the former leader himself, who Keir Starmer repeatedly called a friend and then later claimed he'd never been his friend uh, and also said he 100% backed him back in 2019 and then later pretended he never did. Extraordinary man, to be honest. But it's clear the leadership intend to go for the whole lot, possibly doing so on the very eve of a general election, so the MPs in question don't have time to build a local independent campaign. Now, there's a recent article which makes clear what's likely to happen, but first let me piece together some other bits of information over the last two years, which all point in one direction. Now, part of this is talking about Tony Blair and his influence and those around him, because they're pushing for a lot of this, Tony Blair and his institute have become increasingly influential within the Starmer administration. Just so we're clear about what's acceptable and what's not acceptable in today's Labour Party, this is important because we're talking about who's getting purged and who's not. That's the same Tony Blair whose institute is bankrolled by murderous dictatorships, having taken millions from the head-chopping Saudi regime, including after it dismembered the dissident journalist Jamal Khazaki in the Saudi consulate in Istanbul. It also took millions from the dictatorship of Kazakhstan and Tony Blair himself offered its dictator publicity advice after the police there massacred 15 civilian protesters. Extraordinary. Last February, the Times newspaper reported that Blair warned Starmer he needed a strategy to ensure the remaining left-wing MPs don't hamper his efforts to distance Labour from the Corbyn era. Uh, They said a senior party source uh, told the Times... Uh, Tony and the people around him regret not dealing with Corbyn where they had the chance. Keir's been very tough on Corbyn, but we still need to recognise that these people could lose us the election. We're still suffering from long Corbyn. (laughs) Sorry, that's just so weird. We need to continuously show that we've changed and that we can be trusted. I mean, that's presumably because Keir Starmer did form a a key part of Corbyn's shadow cabinet and pretended uh, to be a continuity, continuity Corbyn um, and and then ditched all of that because it was simply to try and win over members' votes by duping them. Now, the same article added that as well as purging former party leader um, 
Jamie Corbyn, influential Labour figures are urging Starmer to go further. They argue that the 30 or so MPs who make up the Socialist campaign group could deny Labour a majority if they push the boundaries of party policy too far in the run-up to an election. <laughs> I don't know how they're going to push the boundaries of party policy, given the rather limited amount, uh, prospectus which Labour are currently putting together. Now, they say just one rash intervention by a hard-left MP could be thrust to the centre of the election campaign by a ruthless conservative machine, or so Labour officials fear. Then there is the question of what might happen after a Labour victory. Should Starmer win narrowly, there is the possibility that he would have to govern effectively in coalition with the party's left, never mind the Scottish National Party or the Liberal Democrats. Well, all of this briefing is about laying the foundations for driving out left-wing MPs, either by arguing there'd be a liability during a campaign because right-wing newspapers would presumably twist something that they said, probably with the help of the Labour machine, or because a small majority would mean Labour's dependent on the support of left-wing backbenchers. Now, strikingly, in an earlier Times article, which quoted a party source, um, this party source said they regretted not kicking out left-wing MPs, or, or rather they wanted Starmer to have kicked out left-wing MPs. In their words, uh, they regretted that he hadn't had them booted out over Ukraine, no, this is all very disingenuous. All of these MPs opposed Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Again, quite interesting, because it's striking that Blair himself sucked up to Putin when he was in power, presented him as a reformer while he was raising Chechnya to the ground. A far worse crime, I have to say, than the already grotesque invasion of Ukraine. Now, as recently as 2018 as well, Blair suggested the West ally with Russia and what he described as on the Middle East, on fighting terrorism. So it's just, again, fascinating. You have people around Blair trying to push for the question of Ukraine to drive out left-wing MPs, when actually Tony Blair has far more of a case to answer over Putin than almost any other person in the entire Labour Party. Now, I only say this, again, because it's interesting about who is acceptable within the Labour fold and who isn't. Anyway, another article, also in The Times, a favoured place for these Labour sources, uh, last September was particularly interesting, I thought. It was entitled Labour Plots Purge of Troublesome MPs Before Next Election. Now, superficially, it doesn't seem to be about left-wing MPs at all. It mentions Khalid Mahmood, Liam Byrne and Neil Coyle over behavioural issues such as bullying and sexual harassment. None of these MPs are left-wing at all. But what is striking is it says up to a dozen MPs could be in the crosshairs as Sir Keir Starmer draws up plans for a standards crackdown to make the party fit for government. A dozen, it says there. Who are they, then? It's, it's mentioned three, but it doesn't talk to say who the other ones are. Indeed, it says a full list of names has not been, conf been yet confirmed, but it is thought to include Liam Byrne, Khalid Mahmood, and Neil Coyle. However, sources say up to a dozen are being discussed. It adds, one Labour source said the decisions would not be factional or based on politics, but instead decisions based on behavioural and reputational issues. Hmm... You can see what's going on there, if you think about it. What I suspect that means is they're going to boot out a load of left-wing MPs and then add in, like, two or three right-wing MPs over questions of personal conduct to claim, no, it's not factional. This, not factional. See? It's got Liam Byrne in there. You can't call him left-wing, eh? Even though all the rest are members of the Socialist Campaign Group. This isn't a factional purge. It's just due diligence. Now, that's made clear by this paragraph. Exactly how the MPs will be stopped from standing up for debate, but Starmer could use the same method through which Jamie Corbyn, the former Labour leader, was blocked as Labour's candidate in Islington North. It would involve proposing a motion to Labour's National Executive Committee, that's the NEC, that they will not be endorsed to stand. There you go. That's what happens. They won't give local party members any say, though they'll want their candidates to, to be 
the candidate. What they'll do on the eve of the election is draw up a list of MPs and then the Labour Party NEC, which is stuffed full of Starmer loyalists, won't endorse them. So they won't be able to stand. And then they'll just impose some pro-leadership drone instead, probably some management consultant or something. Now, as I say, they've already purged a lot of left-wing MPs already. Supporters of the leadership organised to make sure Beth Winter, Sam Tarry and Mick Whitley, three left-wing MPs, were deselected. Andy McDonald, who used to be in the shadow cabinet, was suspended for declaring at a Palestinian demonstration, we won't rest until we have justice, until all people, Israelis and Palestinians, between the river and the sea, can live in peaceful liberty. So it's totally acceptable if you're, say, I don't know, the Labour leader Keir Starmer, to support war crimes. That is the cutting off of water and energy to a civilian population. That's what he did at the beginning of all this horror. Calling for the peaceful coexistence of Israelis and Palestinians. Out you go. Kate Osmore, one of the few black female Labour MPs, was suspended uh, a week ago or so for calling Israel's onslaught against Gaza a genocide the day after the International Court of Justice, the world's highest court, ruled it was an alleged genocide. Diane Abbott, the first ever black female MP, ooh, unfortunately, a bit of a theme there, isn't there, was suspended over a newspaper article she immediately apologised for. Why do I say that? Because, compare and contrast this, listen to this. The treatment of MPs loyal to the Labour leadership has been rather different. When Labour Shadow Cabinet Minister Steve Reid tweeted about a Jewish Tory donor being a puppet master, a classic anti-Semitic trope, he deleted the tweet after the furore and apologised. That was the end of that. Case closed. Nothing more to say. No whip suspension. Nothing. No lengthy investigation before any prospect of the whip being restored. When again, a right-wing Blairite Labour MP, Barry Sherman, tweeted about a run on silver shekels in an apparent reference, as the BBC put at the time, to a rumour about two high-profile Jewish businessmen missing out on peerages, he deleted the tweet, I mean, it's completely anti-Semitic, that, by the way, and said he was deeply sorry, and again, no action was taken against him. Absolutely fascinating. If that had been a left-wing MP, no question. Whip, immediately gone. Never back. After Neil Coyle racially abused a journalist... Neil Coyle is a particularly obnoxious right-wing Blairite MP. He racially abused a journalist and had a sexual harassment case upheld against him. He had the whip suspended. I mean, clearly they were not going to be able to not do that. Uh, so he's no longer part of the Parliamentary Labour Party, but then had it restored. Unlike all, for example, Diane Abbott, just left in limbo. Nothing. A very, very lengthy investigation. I don't think it needs a lengthy investigation. They're clearly... The point is to keep the investigation going so she can't stand as a candidate. That brings me now to the article I was mentioning before, a article in Politics Home. The first paragraph says, rebel Labour MPs who vote against the whip or make controversial statements that break with the party's line are heading towards a final warning that breaches now may not be forgiven ahead of the election as patients wear thin in the whip's office. What the article explains is that anyone who has the whip suspended now won't be able to stand as a Labour MP at the next election. That means even not voting the same way as the leadership demands. Now, that's not something even Tony Blair ever dreamt of imposing. It says the chief whip, he's in charge of discipline, was annoyed that a lot of them voted for the SNP and Gaza. Oh, God, heaven forbid you've got Labour MPs who oppose mass murder. Oh, really? Could we re kick them out? Why are they there? They don't want children to be slaughtered anymore. Kick them out. Anyway, he says he's at the end of his tether with a lot of them. Oh, God, it really is tough, isn't it, when Labour MPs don't support mass murder. I, I, I hope he's getting the emotional support he needs, the chief whip. And, and it says, and if they're going to vote against the whip in future, they're on the last warning. They're just going to remove the whip. There's not even any messing about anymore. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It also explains that Kay Osamore is not going to be allowed to stand as a Labour MP. She won't be able to stand as a Labour candidate. It also adds that neither is Tahir Ali, another left-wing Labour MP, who quite correctly described Rishi Sunak as having blood on his hands over Gaza. He does. His government sells weapons to Israel. They've offered diplomatic and political support for what the highest court on earth has now accepted is an alleged possible genocide. Um, the article goes on, a Labour source told Politics Home that the whips have assured people that Tahir will not be selected following his remarks at PMQs. Notice there, the Labour Party just protecting a Conservative Prime Minister uh, from, obviously, his complicity in mass murder. But given the Labour leadership backs what's happened, you can see what's happened there. What people forget, it says, is you might have been selected as a Labour candidate by your CLPs, but the NEC can block any of that, and they've got a hell of a lot of power. Why are these people bragging about what awful people they are? I'm sorry to say that, but they're, they're literally saying that, well, yeah, I know, in theory, there's this democratic right of local party members to decide their candidate in the election, but we don't care about democracy. We could just override local members' wishes and desires um, and just have a, a candidate imposed who no one's voted for. They then go on to say, so if they decide to draft up a list of people they're unsure about, the NEC will say, because obviously it's weighted in Keir's favour, this person isn't fit to be a Labour candidate, they failed due diligence now. That's the point. The NEC, as I say, is stuffed full of leadership loyalists. And now they're going to use any excuse whatsoever, like Labour MPs voting for an immediate ceasefire in Gaza and voting against mass murder, to kick them out. Or maybe they'll say something which is twisted out of all recognition. You can see what happened to Kate Osamore again it's perfectly acceptable to describe what's happening in gaza as genocide given the highest court on earth's ruling or maybe some old tweets will be dug out i'm sure they've some of them have probably compiled a dossier on a load of mps maybe some dubious links between made between them and someone controversial the point is they'll say well we have to investigate this they'll get some sympathetic journalist to write up some you know piece in uh, the Times, probably, or something like that, uh, making a scandal out of it. They'll, they'll ha- we have to suspend them. We will investigate it. Don't worry, we'll have an investigation. Oh, it won't conclude until the after the election, though. So you're not standing as an MP. I have been told by well-connected party sources myself that the Whips office is looking for any excuse to purge members of the Socialist Campaign Group. That's the left-wing grouping of Labour MPs. Uh, just a few things here. Um, if left-wing MPs had been listened to more in the new Labour era, we wouldn't have had the Iraq War. We wouldn't have had the private finance initiative which burdened the NHS trusts with crippling debts. We wouldn't have had financial deregulation with all the calamitous consequences 
we saw with the 2008 crash. We wouldn't have had the abolition of the 10p tax rate, which caused a massive crisis for Gordon Brown. Google that if you don't know what I'm talking about. We'd have far more of an interventionist industrial strategy in the disillusioned communities that went on to vote for Brexit. We'd have had stronger trade unions to help challenge the decline um, in living standards. We would have had a, a railway system brought into public ownership rather than fragmented in a complete matter. We could go on. We could go on. That's the sort of influence they would have wielded if they were listened to more. Now, the Labour Party's always had a left. Um, Nye Bevan was the leader of the left, um, and he he founded the NHS. So the, the proudest Labour achievement was actually built by the leader of the Labour left. Now, under Starmer, who promised a broad church, a new experiment beckons. No left at all in the Labour Party, which means gutting any pressure to tackle inequality or to oppose for example, horrendous foreign wars. The, the point also about political purification programmes is they quickly spiral. With the so-called Corbynite left gone, next to the chopping board will be the soft left. And increasingly, Labour will just be a technocratic managerial outfit with no pressure whatsoever to do anything meaningful to tackle the major crises in society. It's a very, it's very striking reading Starmer's first interview in the leadership election, by the way, just after the 2019 rout. He said Labour could win the next election, but only if it sticks to its values. There's no hiding from it, he says. It is a devastating result, but it's important not to oversteer. <laughs> God, imagine oversteering to the right. Jesus. Well, at least he didn't do that, eh? He says the case for a bold and radical Labour government is as strong now as it was last Thursday. Oh, he is a funny guy, isn't he? He said there's no victory without values. This is gold and he said that included opposing the moral injustice of poverty inequality and homelessness while advocating for internationalism and human rights oh my god you can't make this stuff up uh, he went on to say that late subsequently the 2017 labor manifesto which promised public ownership higher tax on the rich and scrapping tuition fees was the party's foundational document well look now on poverty he backs the Tories' cap on benefits that drives hundreds of thousands of children into poverty on inequality, he now opposes increasing taxes on the rich. In fact, his shadow chancellor, Rachel Rees, has even suggested cutting taxes on the rich or reinstating the banker's bonus cap. So he supports a cap on benefits for the poor, but not on bonuses for the rich. As for human rights abroad, I mean, this guy backed his well breaking the Geneva Convention. As for a bold and radical Labour government, the Labour, the Observer's main headline, the website, as I'm speaking to you, is Labour ditches radical reforms as it prepares bombshell election manifesto. Look, the guy's entire leadership campaign was a sham. And I, I'd note as well in the Corbyn era, he had this media hysteria about how Stalinist and frighteningly authoritarian he was. Not a single MP got deselected under him. Well, for several weeks, a story at the time about some councillors getting deselected in Hornsey and Wood Green was one of the main headlines. Well, the people running the Labour Party now are the most Stalinist and authoritarian in the history of the Labour Party. But no media hysteria is there at all, in fact. It's just seen as kind of ruthlessness. Keir Starmer being tough. You know, they're high on triumphalism, I get it. They think quite correctly they can get away with anything at the moment, given the Conservatives have imploded and destroyed themselves, not because they don't think Labour's done. I mean, they don't have a positive agenda for people to get excited about. And anyone who thinks the Starmer mania sweeping the country is pretty delusional. Labour's been gifted the next election. And also the media treat destroying the left as good politics. What I think having a Labour Party, which is basically offering not much different from the Conservatives when the country is so fundamentally screwed, is not going to work out well in government. They'll win the election, but in government, I don't think that's going to work. I also don't think many voters like Labour backing horrors such as Gaza, bringing back all those memories of, say, Iraq. And I think we'll see terrible foreign policy decisions. Keir Starmer's the sort of person, I think, who'd go to war to prove he's not left wing. People would be killed as a consequence probably about the worst thing you can say about any politician.
What does it say about the modern Labour Party? If you support war crimes, cutting taxes on the rich, measures, measures which drive kids into poverty, privatisation, punishing young people with debt for daring to dream of a university education you'll benefit from, congratulations, they'd like to promote you. If you oppose war crimes, if you think rich people can afford to pay more and not least with our public services on their knees, if you want to reverse Tory policies which drive kids into poverty, if you think public services should be run by the public rather than as cash cows for profiteers, if you think universities are social good, you're out. Bleak. All I'd say this, I'm not a left-wing MP, and it's easy for me to say this, but I think they should consider this fact. If you do all get purged on the brink of an election, and already some of you have been, you're going to regret having not defected en masse before, whether it be to the Greens or to a new left party, with a parliamentary grouping forcing the media to cover you and putting Labour under pressure from the left in the same way as, say, UKIP put pressure on the Tories from the right. Easy for me to say, but it's worth me just pointing out there. Please like and subscribe. Keep the show on the road on com forward slash owenjones84. Um, listen to the podcast. I'll speak to you soon. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.